2: Outspoken with White and Jordan. 100% engagement. It's a total disrespect. Download, stand well back, listen. Jim White and Simon Jordan. I don't see that view. Outspoken with White and Jordan. From the world's biggest sports radio
3: station, Talk Sport.
2: Hello and thanks for downloading Outspoken, the podcast that brings you the very best of our daily talk sports show. Former Republic of Ireland manager Martin O'Neill joined myself and Simon on the morning that Patrick Vieira found his time as manager at Crystal Palace had come to an end. Plus, we react to Gareth Southgate's latest England squad with Ivan Toney and Kyle Walker both making the cut and Arsenal having their European hopes ended by sporting Lisbon last night. Martin, we, we have a lot coming up in the world of boxing. Um, we have AJ against Franklin on April the 1st. But Mr. O'Neill, I'm lo- really looking forward to this next Tuesday, and I'll be in here as a referee. Um, it's happening. Eddie Hearn, the man in charge of uh, the zone, uh, matchroom, the lot, he's in here facing off against Simon Jordan. Uh, he's requested it, Eddie. I think he's uh, maybe predicting there's going to be a bit of a verbal tussle or two in here and it's going to be live, I think it's going to be 11 onwards in this uh,
1: very studio on the 17th floor of the news building. What can we expect, Mr Jordan? I don't know. It'd be nice to see him, won't it? I mean, ultimately, some of the things that I've said about Eddie and I don't think he's taken great um, regard for and, um, you know, I called him a coward because I think he was cowardly in his approach towards ducking out... Or the responsibilities that he had as a promoter of a big fight, and all the all the furor that went around it. So I think he wants to uh, have his say. He wanted to have it somewhere else, under his own control. But uh, I thought it best, as did you, that he came in here and went to a proper audience. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. it's got to be here, in, in in our territory, Martin. This is our backyard. This is where if he's going to so have. So we a gave him an Jordan, opportunity,
1: right? No. Yeah,
2: we've given him an opportunity to do it here. I'll definitely tune into that. Yeah. Tune into that, Martin. It's going to be 11 onwards. Uh, we're on the air at 10, obviously. I'll be uh, preparing my fighter. Uh, in, <laughs> I'll be in your corner, Mr. Jordan. Don't worry about that. Uh, Eddie Hearn live in here on Tuesday, facing off against Simon. You've traded a few personal barbs at each other. I
1: mean, I think you've got to play the game, not the man. And because he can't play the game, he has to play the man. So we'll play the game. We'll have the conversation about the game, not about whether I had blonde hair in Marbella 20 years ago. That's got nothing to do with the game. (laughs) So, Martin, while you were coming in here and uh, while
2: Lord Jordan was being chauffeur-driven in here, uh, Crystal Palace parted company with Patrick Vieira. You and I were talking about this yesterday, Simon. I was at Brighton the other night, as I mentioned to you, Martin. And uh, not for the first time, Crystal Palace had problems. In, in their attempts to score goals This is where it basically lies uh, Depending on what betting company you look at The latest odds as to who's going to succeed uh, Patrick Vieira Are quite interesting uh, One betting company has Michael Carrick at 4-1 to one. Another has a man who has been there before Roy Hodgson at 6-4 to Favourite um, Martin, let me ask you straight How big a risk is it for the likes of Palace to part company With Vieira this late in the campaign?
3: Well I, I think uh, sacking managers um, with, what is it, 10 or 11 games to go might always constitute a risk, some description. Uh, they're entitled to do what they want. Uh, it's been a poor run, I must admit, since uh, since Christmas time. I think they haven't scored in the last four games as well. Um, all of those things eventually build up and uh, they've made a decision. From my viewpoint, and I mean, we're talking about a, a cutthroat business like football management, I thought that he might, and I don't know the background to it at all. But I thought that he might have garnered enough brownie points, you know, maybe to have seen this really rough spell through. Um, but perhaps as they start to, as the team starts to drop down the league, then people get uh, get into a bit of a fret. Yeah. And that's what's happened there, obviously. And uh, as again, I, I don't know. I don't know what's happened. Um, other than I'm, I'm just basing the thing on pure results. <laughs>
2: What now, Simon? I mean, that's a big question. What do they do now? Do they go back to it and test it in Roy? Or do they fish in another pond and go bold and try and get Michael Carrick out of Middlesbrough, where he's been doing brilliantly?
1: Well, I doubt they're going to get Michael Carrick. I mean, Steve Gibson's not going to let Michael Carrick go particularly... Uh, And why would you want to leave Middlesbrough uh, at this moment in time when you're in ascendancy? And also, let's look at—he's doing a really good job at Middlesbrough. But managing Middlesbrough in the Championship is vastly different from managing a team in decline in the Premier League. Where's
2: your head with it this morning? Yesterday you were back in Vienna. Well,
1: I'm not—I was backing the principle of the fact that I felt that he'd done okay. Um, I do think that Palace have been quite passive in their performances recently. And what I actually thought was going to happen when I thought about it a little bit more was I thought they might get stuffed on Sunday against Arsenal and it might come as an irony that he got done by the team that he formerly led to such glories. Yeah, Um, Parrish is in self-preservation mode. He sees the decline. Other sides that are in the bottom seven that we've spoken about recently that I've alluded to, which are clubs that have spent more money, that have won Champions Leagues, that have spent half a billion quid on players like Everton and are in, a, are in advanced stages of the uh, European competitions and are former Premier League winners. But some of those clubs are in, have got a little bit of momentum because they're winning games every now and again. Palace have got no momentum. Mm-hmm. So the direction of travel seems to be that there is a concern that this lack of momentum is, is a real concern. Now, whether you look at Vieira and say that he is responsible for the passive nature of the players on the pitch, I think you do. Whether you look at um, the coaching staff that he's got behind the scenes, he's been saying he's been given enough support because his argument's in that area. But the one thing Parish will do is protect his pitch. He brought him in, he has the right to take him out. If he believes that the best thing for Crystal Palace at this moment in time, and the least, the the less of two risks, is which is the bigger risk? Keep him in, watch this continue to decline, or make a change. If he's balanced on the side of, I have to make a change because the outcome can only be better, then it becomes about who. Who have they got in there? They've got Paddy McCarthy, one of my old players, that's probably maybe more taking the side on Sunday. If you start veering into the territory of people like Lampard and Gerrard, well, Lampard was interviewed by Palace a couple of years ago. They didn't want him then. So what's changed? He, he would have got Everton relegated. He was a disaster at Everton towards the end. Gerard was a disaster at Aston Villa. Why would either one of those guys be a fix?
2: Martin, it's a good point uh, that Simon makes. I know your voice is under pressure after you speaking in the long room the other night no, at Lords, okay. but we'll get there. Um, it, 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 we saw what happened with Leeds. We saw what happened with Southampton. They struggled to get people in. Southampton have stuck with Sellers. Uh, in comes Javi uh, Grassy at Leeds United after much procrastination. I mean, Southampton were at one stage talking about Jesse Marsh, mm. who had been sacked by Leeds. It's not the time to do
3: it if you don't have a plan in your mind. Well, I, I, I again, I, I, don't know that, but I, I should imagine that Steve Parrish would probably have some sort of a plan. Uh, if, if he doesn't, and they're and they procrastinate, and and they find out that they can't get somebody that they might want, um, I don't, I don't know. The games are running out. There's no question it's about that. break
1: coming out as well, isn't it? Yeah. So you you're, they, they are yeah. forecasting a beating on Sunday by mm. definition. So mm. they probably I mean ironic they've taken him out on St Patrick's Day, but I thought they'd take him out um, potentially if they got tanked on Sunday against Arsenal, but they do give themselves some breathing space. Yeah. Whether they've got someone lined up or not, if they've got an international break for a couple of weeks, you do get the opportunity to just pause for thought. You've made a big the big decision is yeah. make a decision. Yeah. They've made a decision. They've pulled the trigger. The next decision is who holds the foot? We need nine more points. We need nine points to stay in this division. Now we are going to get them out of 11, 12 games? I know you'll balk at this. Benitez is in there at 6-1. to
2: Hassan Hutzel is available at 7-1. to one. It's all who's available, Simon. Bielsa is available. Well, true. Uh, Jesse Marsh is available. Poste not. Gerard is. Lampard
1: is. Well, these are the considerations. I mean, if ever there was someone that deserved Rafa Riff- Benitez, it's Steve Parrish, but that's my personal bias. <laughs> um, but that's a different discussion. But the bottom line is, is you've got to get the person in, whether it's a short-term fix, you've got to get nine points or ten points to get yourself into the division next year and then look broader. Now, whether someone wants to take a short-term gig, whether there's benefit in that, whether people like Benitez that are hanging around like cuckoos waiting to jump in someone else's nest, fine, that's for them to make that decision. But the bottom line is they've made a decision because they're trying to arrest something that they believe is going to continue. Whether they're right or wrong, time will tell. Right,
3: Neil, you may get a call. Well, Roy Hodgson has been there before. He knows the setup, he knows the people. And if you are looking at the short term fix, I, I, I would point to, I point to him. You point to him? I, I would myself because I, he knows, he knows the, he would know a lot of the players there still at the football club. He would know the setup. And if you're looking at something, by the time that managers who, who don't know the football club come in, I mean, by the time that they get to know the players, the players' strengths and weaknesses, the season would be nearly over. Yeah. For
2: someone who knows a game inside out, as you do, it, it, it's a job that someone would take with relish, would they?
3: Because it's a challenge and a half. Of course, of course, yeah. Because uh, some managers might look at it and think, well, I've nothing to lose. But they have, because because Crystal Palace at this moment, although um, Simon is absolutely correct in saying that they are dropping, they're dropping like a stone at this minute, Uh, They are still above the relegation positions. Yeah. And somebody would say that, okay, I'll I'll take that challenge on. But it's still a challenge. There's no question about it, just at this moment. 100% engagement. Outspoken with White
2: and Jordan. Arsenal went out last night on penalties, agonizingly, at the Emirates to Sporting Lisbon. So what does that tell us will no Europa League work to Arsenal's advantage or disadvantage when it comes to the title running going to get Martin's take on that in a second he knows all about subjects like this this was Arteta when asked you know you're out now is that a blessing in disguise
3: I cannot see today (laughs) that way Um, I don't know you go through the competition you win it is magnificent if it's not and affects your plans in the league that's a different story but uh, it's we wanted to go through and we put everything and, and the effort that the boys put when it wasn't our best day, individual and collectively, the hunger and that desire that it showed to win, the way they were tracking back, it was incredible. They really wanted it and and today it didn't happen. So we need to put the head up and now look for Palace, Is what it is. It's 11 games, the first one starts uh, on Sunday.
2: That was Mikel Arteta putting a brave face in it last night. But Martin, deep down, you, you could tell, yeah. He wanted to go deep in it, if not win it. But is it a blessing in disguise? Is, is there something in that? Now they can put all their eggs in one basket
3: and go and try and win this Premier League. Well, it's an interesting one, Sam, because um, they've got, to, if if they'd won last night, they were into the quarterfinals. When you're in the quarterfinals of the competition, you're down to, obviously, the last day, and you think you can win it. You know, you can almost, you can smell victory if you can get there. And, and that's tight, and therefore, you know, I think... Obviously, they, they want to win the league. That's the, the big, big thing. Yeah. And I suppose in a week's time, they'll probably think maybe it's the best thing to do because you don't want to pick up injuries. And the more games you're playing at this time of the year, of course, that's going to happen. However, you are in the quarterfinals of the Europa League. And it is a chance to go and win the big competition. So there will be immediate disappointment there. I, re- I had a, a situation when I was manager of uh, Aston Villa and we were in the last 32 of the competition. We'd drawn against, um, I think it was CSK uh, Moscow. And we'd drawn the first game. And I was obviously very, very keen as I thought all Aston Villa were to try and get into the top four. And we were, we were, we were very close. We were about fifth at the time, but still battling again. And uh, and I thought that this would it be you know to try and get into the Champions League. If this had been a quarter final game, I might have had a different thought. But then if, if 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 even if we got through against Russia, our next game was going to be in uh, Donetsk. and again it was going to be a lot of traveling. I didn't have the squad size, believe it or not, at that time. So in the second game on a plastic pitch, the likes of. James Milner, players like his, Petrov, players like that there, who had been carrying little niggles for a little while. And I thought, well, I'm not really going to risk it. And I played a couple of younger players in the side who've ended up uh, having decent careers, I must admit. But uh, it was an avalanche after that, they're not getting through in the game. And I I, I was really amazed at the reaction. What do you mean, an avalanche of criticism? An avalanche of criticism that we hadn't played Negativity. the full side. Yeah. And uh, of course, what happened is that we came back we came back, and had we beaten Stoke, we were leading Stoke 2-0 um, in the game, they got back to 2-2 in the last three or four minutes, so that felt like a disaster. Had we gone and beaten Stoke, I think maybe that might have been forgotten about. So getting back to our Arteta's point, I think obviously disappointment, he wanted to try and get through, and because you're that close to it, you think, yeah, yeah, listen, we can do this. We'll work out, it's only another an extra five games if we yeah. do it. Yeah. And if that's the case, however, I think maybe... If there was a choice there I think it'd be vying for it I think the league has become So, so important to Arsenal
2: So Premier League Now, all the focus on Premier League As you say it, No matter
3: w- when it hits
2: When you go out of Europe At whatever stage Especially, when you, obviously When you've gone deeper in it mm-hmm. It's how you react, isn't it? it? It's tough at the time It's heartbreaking at the time But somehow you've got to pick yourselves up I mean, uh, there <clears> the, the, the <throat> was Rangers when out your, That lost the Europa League final penalties Last season and I don't think they've really got over it, have you? Did, I mean, did you, not, was not it that, tough for you when Celtic lost the, the, well, the UEFA Cup final? we lost the UEFA Portland.
3: Cup final and we had to come back. That was on a Wednesday night, Yeah, empty extra time, really hot conditions. And then we had to come back on the Sunday and try and score more goals in our game at Kilmarnock and Rangers were going to score at home to Dunfermline. So we, you know, we, we pressed on and, and the following year we won the league by about 20 points. So we did actually we, we did get over it if that if that was the case. But now I'm just I'm just thinking here at this the number of games you have. You've strange enough, you've got the young know, hazes coming back from injury and that's great news. And Arsenal have shown this year um a resilience that I didn't think that they had, I must admit, I didn't think that they had. And they they battled back, they had a really tough week, they got lost against Manchester City, and then they won a big game at Villa Park. The big, big match at Villa Park to shows a resilience that I, I, you know, well, I didn't think that they had. I would have questioned it at the time, and 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 they have shown resilience throughout this season, as well as a lot of ability. So the the next game now, ironically, up against
2: managerless at this stage, Crystal, Crystal Palace. Palace.
1: Yeah. They lost on the penalty shootout. And whilst it, on paper it's a loss, then really over the two games there was not much between the two sides. They've already proven the game that most people would have thought would have started the capitulation was the second half lesson they got handed by Man City. Yeah. And they did. There yeah. was a golfing class. True. But they haven't. They've come back from that and they've bounced back. And I think that they're still very much in control of their own destiny for obvious reasons. They have the points in the bank and others do not. We will see whether Jesus comes back in adds value you Eddie and Keti has dropped out now because he's injured and he was part of a squad that was doing well albeit some people would say that he doesn't score enough goals. Good job we haven't got Martin Keown in this morning because he didn't seem to know whether he was Arthur or Martha last night did he? <laughs> go, go, going from they all gain strength, they must win this year game strength to it was a blessing in disguise when they lost <laughs> I, I, I look at this and say Arteta has done a remarkably good job with this football club over the last 12 months. Going to that stadium to watch the Man City game you saw a group of fans irrespective of the end result that were bouncing, that were with the team the team are with the fans the fans are in conjunction with everything that's going on with the football club the ball's in line with the manager the manager's in line with the director of football everything's in the right direction and i suspect that arsenal will bounce back from this particular disappointment of going out in the europa league for a penalty shootouts to probably hand a, a, a little bit of a beating to my team
0: yeah planning for your next trip One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for
2: healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Download, stand well back, listen. Outspoken with White and Jordan from the world's biggest sports radio station, Talk Sport. Yesterday, well, Gareth Southgate named uh, his England squad for the upcoming Euro 2024 qualifiers against Italy and Ukraine. Surprise, surprise. He did include Brentford's Ivan Tony. Why is that a surprise? Well, in, in respect to the fact that uh, there is an impending disciplinary hearing with the FA uh, regarding Tony for alleged breaching of betting rules. He's facing 262 charges from an FA investigation covering the period between February 2017, January 2021, in which he's admitted to some of the is challenging others. This was Southgate on why he included him.
4: I don't know if anything has or hasn't been accepted but um, there's been no uh, trial as far as I'm aware and um, he's available and playing for his club. He's the second highest scorer Englishman in the Premier League and his all-round game's good. So for me it was a pretty straightforward decision.
2: Now, before we get to Martin and this, did you not U-turn a bit in this, uh, Simon, the other day, saying that, well, maybe he shouldn't be playing for Brentford at this
1: time. So if that's the case, should he be playing for England? What I said was, when you think about it logically, if indeed the reporting is correct, if that's to be assumed, that he has already copped certain charges, then there is no need to go and prove the level of guilt. You've already have some guilt. So there is an idea and a sentiment that, perhaps he should be banned. Yeah. Now, my original position was you, you include the entire bunch of charges. If he's disputing them all, then of course he's got to be innocent until proven guilty. But if he's already pled guilty by, by the nature of admitting some of these charges, then he's already in front of a situation front of a Mark,
2: now a matter where of guilty. fact what Simon's alluding to. He's admitted some of them. If you were Southgate, would you have included them?
3: Well, I, th- I think Simon has a point there because he's admitted some of them if that's the, if that's the case. Let, let me put this on. I am I'm Simon's manager... At Crystal Palace, the same event has taken place, and uh, I had been brought into the room by Simon. What would you say? What what would your what would your thoughts be in this one? What would you say to me as the listen manager? You uh, take the responsibility there. What do you want or to do? I'd want to know your viewpoint on I'd it. I'd say, what do you want to do?
1: He's what? your player; he plays for you. Right. You work okay. for me. What do you want to
3: do? All right. Would you have said that? Absolutely. What do you ask Okay. Fine. Said, yeah, yeah. All right. Um, well. I've I've got this thing the, on the on the betting rules. I think that they are they are really far reaching. Draconian, you know, pardon? Draconian. They are mm. honestly really far reaching in the sense that a, a footballer cannot have a bet in any football match throughout the world. That's kind of strange. If you're betting against your own team, I mean that's uh, uh, that's a criminal offence at the end of it. And I I, I I'll, yeah, I'll go in the back. i we need
2: to making it clear though, yes. Martin.
3: Every footballer in the land knows. You
2: can't bet. Yeah, it's that simple. There's yes. no gray area yeah. here. You can't bet. Yeah, it would be wrong to be the other way. You you can actually bet, but just not on your own team. Mm. Because if you bet in your, I mean, where would that lead us? You no. can't
3: bet. Tony knew that. Okay, I would go back to Simon's point. If he said to me, "What do you want to do?" and I said, "If he has admitted some of these here, there had to be some sort of punishment."
1: Right, but it's but I wouldn't be the punishing person. No, I know, and I, and neither would you. Um, the FA would be the punishing person. And if they can't find their backs out with both hands in a funnel and take nine months to bring charges against somebody, it wouldn't be my job to speed that process up. Mm -hmm. I would be admonishing the FA and saying to them very quickly into the equation, are you going to deal with my player or aren't you? because really I don't want this hanging around, I don't want it drifting through the media, I don't want it turned into a four-act play like it's turning into a four-act play. Yeah. I will make sure that my player behaves properly and doesn't make it a four-act play. If it was at your club, would you I... drop him? Is that what you're
3: saying?
2: No. I mean, look at I... it from Southgate's point of view, Martin. Tony's pulling up trees on the pitch for Brentford. Thomas Frank loves what he's doing. So Southgate, quite rightly, at international level, is tapping into that.
3: No, Simon's point is absolutely correct. Listen, here, someone else's responsibility, if that's the case, and until that has been resolved, until it's happened, I would, I would, I would pick him.
2: If you were Southgate You'd pick him
1: Yeah Absolutely right
3: Yeah So
2: yeah. Gareth's absolutely right In doing it I would pick Put him Put him in there yeah. Why?
3: Because the boy's Showing he's unaffected While he's playing Yeah well I, I think You take that chance You never know what's Going on in people's minds But at the end of the order he's uh, If he deserves to be In the side And you're picking him And you're picking him On merit Go with it the Okay other, the, other, the other thing Has not been resolved
2: Okay He goes with it So he goes with Tony You're giving that The thumbs up
1: I'm glad uh, he's done it Quite frankly mm. I'm glad Gareth Southgate's done it because I, I'm tired of this pontificating and moralising about other people's businesses. And for for once, we make it about football. This is a football decision. Until someone charges Ivan Tony and an exacts a punishment upon him, he's available for his club. He's available for his country. In the same way that Carl Walker and his challenges and travails in the past have not excluded him from selection. In the same way that Harry Maguire's challenges and travails in the past have not excluded him from selection. We pick the footballers. I know we want to make them all into role models. I know that part and parcel of the responsibility is to set some form of example, but this is a football-related decision. He will have the consequences of his behaviour when those that are supposed to be judging him, his peers, supposedly, get their backsides in gear. Yeah, but be honest with me this morning, Simon. Had Gareth Southgate not picked Tony yesterday... Would was you have it,
2: said this morning? Well, he's got—he's got to leave him surpre- out because he's got to be seen no, to up board standards. He, I'm
1: surprised he did, and I'm glad he did, because ultimately, one of my big accusations is that he's an FA man that tows the line and does precisely what the FA tell him to do, and that's half the reason why he got the job. Now here we are now, where he's saying potentially, this is—listen, mm. you've got to do your bit over there, FA. That's your job. You're the de facto regulator, laughably. But here I am. I'm the England manager, so my job is to pick the best players. And if you tell me I can't well, then I'll, then I'll have that conversation with you. And clearly, it's either not been had or he has enough juice inside the FA to say, I'll pick who I please.
2: Yeah. Okay, so Tony's in. If he gets a chance to play against either Italy or Ukraine, let's see what he can do. Hard-edged, hard-nosed, hard to beat. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Martin, we spoke about Gareth Southgate. Uh, his squad draw his squad announcement yesterday and it included Ivan Tony of uh, Brentford so that was one thing also included for for the uh, those who are interested Kyle Walker who has been in one or two newspapers for the wrong reasons of late as well so those two are in there but not only that Gareth went on to make a couple of points regarding Who is available to be picked and who is not? Gareth is concerned about the lack, Martin, of talent and depth available to England in the Premier League, believing it could be a real problem for the international manager in years to come. Uh, In certain areas of the field, he doesn't have the calibre of England player that he would like to pick because those berths are filled at club level by foreign
4: players. It's impossible. You know, we've got to pick uh, our best players where possible, um, and then there's a balance between do you go with a certain level of player who's not playing quite as regularly or a level of player who's physically fit and doing well but you know i'm not I'm not talking about specific names here, but as a general principle um, you know I feel as though it's interesting talking to other coaches of national teams that they feel the same, you've got to try to pick your best players as long as they can get to a reasonable physical level and um, that that's where we are with it really, you, you'd love to have that depth but we are you know, shorter than the other big nations on depth of uh, selection, I'm happy with the groups that we've got to select from and the quality we've got to select from but in certain positions we are short of depth and uh, that's those numbers are deteriorating rapidly in the Premier League. That's not a concern for me, I don't think, in the next 18 months. But in four or five years' time, we've got to be really careful on that.
2: So he says, longer term, Martin, this is a problem. Now, you manage the Republic of Ireland. Well, uh, you'd love to have Gareth's
3: problems, wouldn't you? I really feel for him. You know, it's real terrible problems there. You know, the, He's got four right backs that all play in the big league. And they uh, and might not find room for a player who plays for Liverpool, you know. That's so I've, I really do feel for him. <laughs> and, I, and when he talks about other nations who agree with him, he certainly wasn't talking about, uh, about Northern Ireland or the Republic of Ireland, the teams that gets here. So he has a, he has a fair choice. I, I, I take his point in terms of... Um, from an
2: English viewpoint. From an
3: English viewpoint, absolutely. And it is diminishing each year. It's down to 28% now at this moment. And I do take that point. But he's certainly... Um, but it's not representative of all the nations in the world. No. I tell you, absolutely this is, this not.
2: This is an England problem you as know. far as Garske is, has, has he got a point though, Simon, joking apart? I mean, he said to... He's, he went on to say to the written media, I think we've got four left-footed left-backs in the league at the moment. So I have to start looking in the championship or elsewhere because the additional part for us, we don't export many players and on and on he goes. In other words, we've got, we've got a lack of uh, availability at international level because many of the players who we would hope to see playing in certain positions for the clubs in the Premier League are not English, they've come in from foreign
1: shores. He's making a point on behalf of the FA in the battle that's going on with the Premier League about overseas players being brought in and the battle and argument going on about the Brexit rules that have changed the landscape of players being recruited to the Premier League. That's what he's doing. He's making a point on behalf of his employers. That's where he's coming from.
2: Is it right to make the point?
1: Of course he's right to make the points. You know, the Premier League is no different from any other workplace in the world. Shouldn't have any exceptional rules for it, just because it's a football league. So the same rules that apply to every other professional employer should apply to them. What they want, is they want to be able to keep raiding and plundering the European market, balancing the books for all the clubs abroad paying them fortunes in enhancing their leagues because it's easier to do rather than being forced to do different things and of course when you open up the uh, the marketplace and make it even for everybody it means you can get more players from Africa, South America and other continents because it's no longer an advantage to just European players. Yeah but the Uh, Premier League's priority is not to help the England national team. uh, Well that's the battle that's that's afoot isn't it? Should it it be? Well no but the Premier League in the real world in the world where it should actually work rather than a tail wagging the dog the Premier League should actually be vetoed by the FA. The governing body should be the people telling the Premier League what to do, not the other way around. And given the fact they have the the casting vote in the triumvirate of power inside what happens in the Premier League, the Premier League should be doing what it's told. But what they're using the situation to do is try and suggest that if you do not allow us to have players continue to be recruited from Europe inside our, our Premier League then we are going to diminish the Premier League. Don't forget how powerful it is. And the FA is saying, well, we want to develop younger players. We want to make sure there's more responsibility for you guys to be able to recruit properly, train properly, develop properly, uh, build academies properly, enhance the next generation of talent. And so that battle is going on. And What Gareth Southgate is doing in a rather subterfuge-based way is batting that claim. Now, of course, if he wants to make the argument about not paying players regularly, then he wouldn't be playing, you know, that aren't playing regularly, he wouldn't be playing Harry Maguire every time he can, would he? <laughs> he plays him whenever he feels like it. Well, exactly. and he's not getting regular football. So I mean looking
2: at this does England's chances of winning a world cup decrease as the globalization of the premier league
1: increases or is that an excuse? It's it's well there might be some facts behind the fact that if you've got a league domestic league um inundated with talent from abroad, then you're going to have challenges. But what's wrong with us developing talent that requires us not to go abroad? And by the same token, a lot of our players are beginning to go abroad themselves. So, you know, Jaden Sancho couldn't get a gig at Man City, went and played in Germany, got into the England side whilst playing for a German side. It doesn't mean he just has to look at the English players in the Premier League. And I know what he's saying about the Championship, which is a far different quality of football than either Premier League or international football. Except, of course, if you expand the World Cup to 48 teams, then you'll be playing against pub sides. But the bottom line is, is that there's points behind what he's saying, but the real agenda is something slightly different.
2: I mean, you and I, are, uh, we see it differently, Martin, don't we? You from an Irish viewpoint, me from a Scottish viewpoint. We, we'd love to uh, follow our nations with Gareth having a similar problem, with our international managers having a similar problem.
3: Yeah. Simon's right in the fact that the FA should be taking uh, greater control, but it's not going to happen because the Premier League now is it's so, so strong at this moment. And I have to say it has been enhanced by the top quality European players coming into the game. That has definitely helped it. But there is there are a, quite a number of players playing, foreign players playing in the game, who are not that much better than some of the players that... that uh, but might have got a uh, got a place here quite some years ago. So why is that then? Because
1: that argument is often run by um, people that are indigenous to the population here because it's now just expanded beyond players. It's now everyone in the dugout is no longer an Englishman, Irishman, Scotsman or Welshman. So the argument can't, because once upon a time there was an argument, that stupid idiot chairman bought foreign players because they were cheaper. Mm. Right? And now stupid idiot chairman are now taking everybody from overseas. Yeah. And we haven't got any Englishmen, Irishmen, Scotsmen or Welshmen managing. So it can't just be that, that, that everyone else is not better. That's it must be that everyone else is better. Uh, do you think so? Well, I, I, you tell me. Why no. is the top league inundated with anybody else but Englishmen, Scotsmen, Irishmen and Welshmen? why are the assistant managers all foreign why are most of the owners all foreign now i mean the whole thing is well, the that, only that, english the, about well, english premier league is the name well
3: you've just answered it it's because the, oh, the, no, the no, no, no. you're just not getting fun. away with no. that yeah, it's got yeah nothing yeah. to do with foreign owners you oh it's, it's, it's a lot to do with foreign owners who for foreign owners who wouldn't really know what's happening here in this game and they and they and they are they're they are uh, employing ceos uh directors of football who are not? Who are uh, immediately looking to the continent to try and improve the team? So you're you're going to seriously suggest now that ultimately it's got nothing to do
1: with the fact that a typically a lot of the English managers have come from the culture of sitting with their feet up, reading the Racing Post and looking at what the betting odds are. And now we've got a generation of continental coaches that have come in and have ah, raised the standard for you ah, lot. Ah, wait to be lot. a
3: minute, wait to be a minute. Uh, you're talking about reading the the evening or the Racing, racing post. post? Yes, absolutely. And one person who did read that there was a certain Liverpool manager who won five European Cups, seven championships. Oh, yes, when? Yeah. yeah when? Well, well when? When? He, when? He when? He when? He did win it. He didn't have a clipboard up there, but he well, told players on, how to that? deal with Are you it. You're talking about Bob Paisley? Was Absolutely. Okay. Fantastic. Absolutely. So, so, yeah. so I, I dealt with so a manager who won two European Cups, s- who, who, so has who, the game who never had a clip? Do you think think Brian Clough would
1: be a success? Because I think Brian Clough was arguably the greatest manager this country has ever produced. Hmm. Do you think, Brian Clough, given the nature of the way the game's changed Hmm. and the way that the players have changed and the empowerment of players, do you think he can still manage in this day and age? Absolutely. Fantastic. Great. Absolutely. Most people think he couldn't.
3: Well, I know, but most people don't know him. He would have been able to do it. Would he have been able it. to yeah, oh, yeah. Your your question is almost saying, uh, would George Best have been a player now? No, no, George, no, no. I think George. <laughs> I think George Best
1: is the greatest player ever. Well, played, there played, you kind of are. With well,
3: George Best, with all the enhancements have been made, George Best would have scored another two hundred goals. I agree. Absolutely. I agree. And and you're not saying but, but a player that. Player two different things, not Just a minute. Just let let me get this point. Brian Clough was a really intelligent man. Agreed. A really intelligent man. Really intelligent, smart with it. Knew about players, knew about people, knew about, knew about all the changes. Did he, did he reel against the changes that were starting to take place in the game? Yes, of course he did. But he was clever enough to know on how he could deal, how he could deal with those. That's the point. Brian Clough would have been a massive success now. He would have been a mass, and he would have been every bit as as well, good to good listen to, to as ever That's Seriously. good to hear. And I'm not just saying that. I, I I'm not an apologist for him. No, I'm no. just telling you that he would have been a success. And and I, I will go to turn around and tell you that Bill shankley the orator, the Bill Shankly would mm-hmm. would have been a success. It absolutely, because they would, have would been deal success. with the situation effectively. They would have been able to deal with the situations. And right? Adapt. Would they,
2: would adapt? Yeah. Absolutely. So guys just got to absolutely. adapt in this situation as to who's
3: available and who's not. Well, of course, like any international, I was an international manager, and the the thing you you're praying for is some of your best players that you had to be fit for the games that you're looking for. That's that's it, and 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 this this if I turned around and said that Seamus Coleman, my right back, was probably my best player, then then you know, Gareth prob- Gareth's problem seems they get, yeah. It's Funny
1: how they get prickly, see? so he's quite happy to accept, accept the fact that players coming in from a foreign background have enhanced the quality in the league. So but I not said, managers.
3: I no 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 I said th- No I said some of the players have enhanced the game. And you some wouldn't... of the managers have enhanced the game. In of fact course. most of them have. Of course. Absolutely. Absolutely they have. Martin's I'm a good warm up for Eddie, isn't he? Not at all. I'm not I'm, not I'm not I'm not disputing that. But there is a lot. There, there is a fair are, amount of dross. The original, still about. The original point you <laughs> made. The <original>, oh, there, <laughs> there's, there's a lot of dross. Oh, there's a lot of dross. And there's a lot
1: yeah. of dross in the ballrooms as well. I agree with well, you. Well, absolutely I agree with you. Yeah. you. Start as there. And, yeah. <laughs>
3: and, 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 a lot of dross in the media. And the, and I mean, the, that is a proper place yeah. for dross. Yeah. There you go. And there may, there may have been. I don't know about this, but there may have been some dross around with owners as well. No, definitely. That, but definitely. Uh, perhaps.
2: Your 100% essential download. Outspoken with White and Jordan. Thanks for listening to Outspoken. Don't forget to leave a five-star review and subscribe so you don't miss an episode.